Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jamel Hill. And I'm Van Lathan. Jamel and I are huge fans of The Wire, so we teamed up with The Ringer to drop The Wire way down in the hole, an analysis podcast for the hit TV series. Join us as we discuss epic moments, key character deep dives, fascinating theories, and special awards for every single episode of the show. So tap into The Wire with us on The Wire, way down in the hole from The Ringer Podcast Network. Available now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The silver lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's a surreal WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're listening to You're listening to You're listening to You're listening to The Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Mask Man Show with Kaz, and this is an incredibly special episode because sitting on uh, what appears to be his couch in uh, the, the, the an apartment or house in Massachusetts is none other than the best friend of this pod, the king of sad style, Dan St. Germain. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Friend of the pod. Glad, glad you're here. Glad Kaz is the new co-host. Hey, uh, what's up, buddies? You know, feeling a little like Marty Jannetty here, but what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's is that still is that still appropriate to say in these in these no, shines? No, no. Bro, no, unless you're is. unless you're unless you're here to admit a murder or to, or to like you know call out it, all like, black people. I love then, him, I don't like think yeah, him calling out Black Lives Matter was like the least controversial thing he said this year. <laughs> <laughs> he admitted to a murder. He wants to fuck his daughter. It's just like. Ugh. Uh, yeah, after another man, I've heard worse, but have I really? <laughs> have I? <you> know. Um, <laughs> Dan uh, is here to celebrate the Clash of Champions. Uh, we're all here to celebrate Clash of Champions. We're going to do a preview of the of the of the pay per view this Sunday's pay per view at the end of the show. We got a couple of things I want to talk about first. Number, uh, we were going we we're going to get to retribution. Uh, I think we all have some things to say, but right off the top, right off the top, before we say anything else. Road Warrior Animal died this week. Joe Laurinaitis, one of the absolute greats of pro wrestling. And, you know, a lot of times we we eulogize people on this show or around the internet and and uh you you look up you look at the best things people have done, the greatest moments that you had with them. You know, it's it's everybody gets a little bit puffed up, you know? But the Road Warriors were without a doubt 
like one of the five most significant things of my lifetime in professional wrestling. And, you know, I wrote about Hawk in my book because he was dead at the time and Animal wasn't. It's kind of hard to separate the two out. Uh, Hawk obviously had some substance abuse issues at the end or whatever, and they their careers went a little bit in different ways. But but they're but they're they're a unit, like a real tag team. And um, it's just impossible to overstate the influence that like these two guys, just like muscle bound dudes with face paint and stuff, had on the entire wrestling world. I mean, they came out and just like. No, I, I we 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 ran a piece by Oliver Bateman on the Ringer uh, just yesterday or today about Animal, and uh, I put in the title that he like no sold wrestling's history and just kind of carved the path for the future. I mean, they were they, they there were things they could do, there were things they weren't great at, but like uh, there was no doubt when they walked into the ring. I mean, you look back now and you're like, oh yeah, everything that came after them was based on them, not just the ripoffs. Like everything was was uh, was influenced by the Road Warriors. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I got an opportunity to work with, uh, not necessarily work with, but do like some social media, like live commenting for Vice's uh, Dark Side of the Ring for the past two seasons, and um, one of the one of my favorite episodes was was the episode on the Road Warriors, and for people who, you know, are, you know, a lot of their history in wrestling is straight up WWF, WWE style. It doesn't, and as great as that Legion of Doom run was, it doesn't really uh, tell the entire scope of how influential and impactful the Road Warriors slash the Legion of Doom were uh, as a tag team. And, um, you know, more importantly than that, I mean, obviously because of Hawk's passing, Animal uh, had the lion's share of telling that story on that episode. And um, you could just always kind of get a sense of the type of family man he was because of everybody around him. I mean, obviously his brother, Johnny Ace, um, an incredible, you know, uh, influential member of the WWE um, executive staff. And, you know, his son, James, who was um, standout in the NFL, I think played for the Rams, uh, played play for a couple other teams. Um, in addition to that, man, like, you just you just start reading a bunch of, the eulogies and and seeing what people had to say about Animal and you know couldn't have been a nicer guy couldn't have been of you know and and, and a lot and a lot of times you see a lot of old heads and um you know I, I mean backstage like you know you you see a lot of the 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 OGs and you you know that um they're always there to impart wisdom on people and. And just sort of just give what they can because they love this and they love this business and it's given them a life that, you know, most could only dream about. And you could always see Animal backstage, you know what I'm saying, like giving advice and and just being cool, just being a cool dude and just being like just really kind to people. And, and But in addition to that, man, like just growing up, those legendary Road Warrior pops, those legendary like just... The doomsday device, just the everything about them just just changed everything. Not just tag team wrestling. I mean, like they were they were the tag team of my childhood. I mean, like when you think of tag team wrestlers, I mean, growing up, there's only a handful, right? Like I, I was a high energy fan. I was a fan of the Rockers, <laughs> and I was a fan of the Legion of Doom, and because, yeah. and they were also different. 
and the Legion of Doom especially because you know they were just like they were they were Mad Max in a wrestling ring and they brought a a whole new style that was just incredibly entertaining incredibly painful looking and uh (laughs) (laughs) you know and it was just fun man like everything about them was everything about them screamed 80s 90s awesomeness of pro wrestling and uh you know it's, it's sad to hear him go but man what a rush well, but, um, Dan, I want Dan, I want your take, but I have to interject here. First of all, I love that high energy made your top three. Although I have to admit that that oh in that, for sure, <laughs> you're 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 a little bit younger than me. I, I think I probably had the same place in my heart for uh, the Young Stallions and then Strike Force or the Can the Can Am <laughs> Connection, I guess, and then Strike Force. Strike when Strike Force won the the tag team championship, I like was supposed to be raking leaves and I remember running outside like fist pumping and jumping in the air <laughs> because that was a and anyway uh and and as far as the pain goes check out that I mean it's all over the internet but check out the piece on the ringer like I said by Oliver Bateman uh there's a there's a clip there's an embed in there where the road warriors are taking on I guess a, a couple of semi jobbers in uh Jim Crockett studios and I think Sam Houston is one of them and and Shivani or whoever's calling the match is just like repeatedly like I don't think Sam Houston knows where he is right now and I mean just like make, I mean obviously back in the day they used to make like concussion jokes all the time but like I think he's really concussed I think the Road Warriors are really have really just beat the shit out of him even just like pretending and it's it is a sight to behold uh, all morality aside but Dan what's what's your what are your uh, what are your animal memories I want to hop off on what Cassidy, you know, he was featured, the World Warriors were featured in Dark Side of the Ring this year. And almost every episode of Dark Side of the Ring, there's like a murder or there's there's something like really tragic or significant that happened. And they were just featured because they were a great team. (laughs) Like that's how much Evan loved that team and how important they were to wrestling. You know, yeah, obviously the animal died of a, a drug overdose. That's incredibly dark, but... That's not the reason they did the episode. They did the episode because you can't tell. What do they say about the NFL Hall of Fame? Like, if you make the NFL Hall of Fame, it's because you can't tell the story of the NFL without mentioning this person. And that's the same thing with the Road Warriors. You can't tell the history of professional wrestling without um, without telling the history of the Road Warriors. On our podcast this week, Robert Karpolis used to write for WWE. Uh, like, has, he uh, he has a great story about about Animal and. It was the first segment he was producing backstage and Animal was there and, uh, and, and Robert was really nervous and Animal said, don't worry, kid, I'm not going to fuck this up for you. And, you know, like, you know, he didn't have to do that. And, you know, I haven't spent as much time, you know, uh, backstage in wrestling arenas as you guys. But, you know, when I have been back there, you know, a lot of there are some vets that kind of keep to themselves and they're kind of you know, being skeptical and, you know, they're seeing like what your angle is, is this person working me? But, you know, this guy was a genuine dude and I was listening to Dave Meltzer's coverage of him. He would, you know, he would have one day off and he would go back and help his son, you know, train football. And, you know, his son ended up in the NFL. So pretty incredible dude. Uh, and, and you're, you're completely right. You know, like whether it's, uh, um, you know, the authors of pain or, or, you know, anybody else uh, that everybody's trying to recreate that road warrior magic. Yeah. I mean, listen, a, a lot of people make the jokes about demolition and the powers of pain and all those, like, oh, the, the you know, the, the ripoffs and let it, let me be clear. They were incredible ripoffs. And if you are, if you, 
were only a couple years older and had a little bit different cable package, you would have seen other rip, more ripoffs than that. Yeah, running through Memphis, running through the South, like there, there were there were Road Warriors straight up ripoffs everywhere. But this is also a day and age where like everybody that was successful got ripped off right before cable TV took over. I mean, it was like everything. If you were successful in one territory, they were running your gimmick in another territory. I mean, that's just the way that it it, it worked. But the more, I mean, they changed the way that that. I mean, there were a lot of Road Warrior ripoffs, yes, but they people ripped them off in a much bigger way, right? I mean, that was they were the template when Vince McMahon was like, "I want my guys to have six packs and giant shoulders and everything else." Like that, those were the guys that people were looking at, right? I mean, and and, and kind of the, it's the excitement, the face paint, the the presentation, just the holy shit. Um, they looked like different was, type of dudes. Like it, they did. You, they looked like wrestlers. You know, when they would, you know, they, they passed the airport test, you know, like that's what it is. You know, like when you went, when, when they walked into an airport, you're like, oh, that is somebody who are those guys. Yeah. And when they, and when you set them up next to the guys who were, I mean, you know, there might be some younger people that look back and think that like Dusty Rhodes was an outlier. I mean, that whole generation that they were taken over for was people like Ole Anderson and Dick the Bruiser. And I mean, the guys that just like look like tough dads, you know, and then all of a sudden this like this generation of like. These guys were like as big as like NFL defensive ends now, you know, and they look like them too. I'm sure sitting at the bar or whatever, you'd be scared out of your mind to see these guys. Anyway, um, I, I mean, I think for me, one of the cool things was the fact that they moved around a lot. They were kind of the last of the territorial like superstars in that way. And, and some people only saw them on WWF TV, I'm sure. But like to me, they were like the connective tissue. I mean, it was just so cool that they would just like finish up their feud in Crockett and then just like pop up in WWF. Like that was, and they were, it was a huge moment every time they would switch. They they still, they were able to be that kind of Andre the Giant wandering from territory to territory, sort of giant, just, just itinerant superstar way longer than most people were. Um, so... You know, they were no, um, as Kaz will tell you, they weren't high energy, but the Road Warriors were <laughs> were really important. But I mean, and, and to, to <laughs> in in that in that in that sense, man, like all I don't, I don't remember. Well, here's the thing, right? A lot of wrestling fans they'll always be on some like, well, like these guys had five star classic and work rates and all this other stuff, and it's like, dude, a lot of the times that's not even really the point. Okay, like the point in pro wrestling 99% of the time is entertain me and for as long yeah. as I could remember there was no more entertaining tag team than the Legion of Doom slash the Road Warriors because the music would hit people would lose their fucking minds and they would just beat the tar out of people for like five minutes straight yeah. <laughs> do the really cool doomsday device which we all did in our pools and backyards or whatever which mm -hmm. is extremely dangerous and kids if you're listening you should absolutely not do this at home but unless you have a pool and your parents are cool with it Sorry, or whatever the wrestling median listener age is like 45 now <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well if you're a parent with kids make sure they're not doing this but yeah the doomsday device was like the first wrestling move any of your if you had friends that had a pool, that was like the first wrestling move that you do with your friends. That was extremely dangerous. And we got to thank the Road Warriors for that. I mean, they were just, they, gosh, what were the, the wrestling buddies? Like, those are the, the, the they, wrestle buddies. The yeah. wrestle, the Legion of Doom wrestle buddies were like 
the Michael Jordan rookie card of wrestling toys, right? Like if you had, oh, yeah. if you had a Legion of Doom wrestling buddy, you were doing it big. Like, I mean, <laughs> maybe Ultimate Warrior was like a close second, but like just, they were just so cool, man. Like yeah. they were just fun and they looked like ass kickers. They were ass kickers. And the promos, my God, like the tell them Hawk, like all that, like it was just, Man, everything about them was extremely entertaining and fun. And I love that they, you know, I love that they lived the gimmick, too. Like, I know we mentioned Dark Side of the Ring. Like, I love that they weren't. And I'm not sending those shots at anybody. Definitely not. But I do love that they weren't pretend tough guys. Like, these were legitimate, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. people who will, like, fight you in a bar. Like, people that will, like, do anything. You know what I mean? Like, they were they weren't. They weren't for play play. Dude, and they were they were basically discovered because them and who were the other guys? Like Rick Rude, uh uh what's his name, who played Smash and Repo Man and like the barbarian John Nord used to just like hang out at a bar, I think, because the guy gave him free drinks yeah. to like be like to be like unpaid bouncers, yeah. right? They you just got to sit there and drinks, they could just like deal with the rough crowd and it was apparently a really rough crowd so anyway yeah i mean these guys are legit they're fantastic yeah man. i just find it depressing that coco beware's parrot is gonna outlive all these guys <laughs> <laughs> uh quick fact check coco beware's parrot is dead uh oh, but, really? uh, yes. are you gonna be mentioned in your new book <laughs> yes exactly no you know the co do you know the coco parrot story um, no, I know the Jake Snake story, but I don't know the Coco no. Beware parrot story. Well, I mean, the story is going to be a little bit anticlimactic because of the way I started it. But there's a, but the, the, there is a true You're like, story. He was in the second tower. Co- no. Coco, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coco was Coco got a call while he was at church with his family, his like wife and kids. That was like your house is on fire. He got like a text message, and he's like at church, and he's like. Holy shit, got the, got the family out of church. They ran to the car. They mm-hmm. drove home. The house is burning down. I mean, it's just like embers, like whatever. The whole, there's, a, there's fire trucks there trying to put it out, but like the house is, is donezo. And as he, as he like starts walking towards it, one of the, the uh, fire chief or whatever like walks over to him and he's just like real sit straight and somber. The only one that'll talk to him. And he's like, I'm really like, I'm deeply sorry, sir. And he's like, you know, maybe you need to like sit down, be with some family. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, we, we couldn't get, we tried, but we couldn't rescue your child. And there he was just like, what are you talking about? It's like, your kid is, one of your kids is inside. And he looked, he's looking around, he's like, no, my kids are at church with me. And, and it was because Frankie had been in there screaming, please help me, that they thought a kid was oh inside when the fucking house was burning down. Oh my God. That's so depressing. Jeez. Jesus. That just brought me down. Christ. That was that was climactic, <laughs> but in the worst way possible. <laughs> so anyway, uh Frankie was saved and he's living on a in a fancy bird farm now uh, with all the other birds. He's living in a timeshare with yeah, Jake uh, Snake and British Bulldog. I'm sorry, Bulldog. I really brought it down. I brought it, I brought it way down. Uh uh and the even worse part about that is the next time I saw Coco at a signing, he was wearing a like a a parrot like a toucan a, like a plush toucan hat from like bush gardens instead of he, having a bird with them anyway um that brought us way down i apologize <laughs> i'm gonna bring us i'm gonna bring us down one step further because we gotta move on and we gotta move on to the only thing in professional wrestling that mattered this week which is um the debut of retribution mm. now I, i'm gonna get out of the way and see what you guys think but i just want to say this up top sometimes there's really great like 
really great storytelling in pro wrestling where it's like they Kaz, you know, fill, fill us in on the on the terminology I'm trying to use. I, I want to use here, but like it's like episodic where like every every little segment with, the, with with somebody, there's a different reveal. So that by the time it gets to the big moment at the end, it's the biggest like, you know, the biggest moment of all. And you're just like out of breath with how cool this build has been and this giant reveal, this giant moment like it's almost impressive that they managed to do the funhouse mirror opposite version of this with retribution. <laughs> Everything that happened with them was like slightly more deflating than the thing that came before to the point where when they finally got in the ring, you'd think this can't get any more dumb. And it got <laughs> so much more dumb. I'm, I'm the most glass half full guy in pro I mean, WWE and pro wrestling in general that you'll ever meet. I, when it was like, no, it's not, it wasn't when they got in the ring. When they got in the ring, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then they got, then they came to the ring for their match later in the night. And they were, and, and, and the, the, the announcers were just like, this is T-Bone, Mace, and Slapjack. <laughs> T-Bar. T-Bar. T-Bar, yes, sir. And I just like, I couldn't decide whether to throw my TV out the window or to just to get up and politely clap because it was <laughs> that, at that moment, it got so. Like it, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'm just like T Bar has been killing it on Twitter. Yo, well, can we talk about it? Like, listen, do do we immediately go there? Because it's crazy. Let's let's get to it, man. Because I feel like Retribution has gotten all the negative. Like, probably I can't remember something that has gotten so universally panned in WWE. Probably since like. Hell in a Ray Wyatt, Seth, probably. Yeah, probably. Sure. I would. I would probably say like the last time that, or um, the the what was it Firefly? Not even when they had the the worms on the WrestleMania ring. Oh and yeah, all that time. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. That was like the last time I remember everyone pretty much saying this is stupid. What are we doing? Um, Retribution. My God, like from the names to the reveal to the. Well, they signed contracts now, so they can't, like, all these things just that had little to no sense to make. They got deservingly shit on all week long. But I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to challenge myself to find the good in retribution oh <laughs> that's been happening. Don't pull a muscle. This week. And I, listen, I, stre <laughs> I stretched before we started this podcast. So, I mean, if I'm reaching... You know what I mean? I'll 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 be okay. But first off, <laughs> just I love that they're they're leaning into the absurdity on social media. Like Dan just brought it up immediately, and uh, they've been killing. Like they'll they'll interact with like Brian Alvarez <laughs> and like say you know all this stuff about ratings and. You know how Alvarez always does like the the AEW NXT numbers, and then he he replies T bar one point seven, <laughs> and it's like guys like the 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 an was it anagram or what is it the the acronym? Sorry, oh yeah, yeah. for stands for that boy ain't right, like straight yeah. up ain't killed type of stuff. And, um, you know, and okay, to be like halfway serious, like at the end of the day, 
let's not let the absurdity of this storyline and the craziness of all this distract us from the fact that Dominic Dajakovic, who is an absurdly good wrestler, who has had classic feuds and matches with somebody else who is also surprisingly on the main event scene of Raw, Keith Lee. I mean, it's a screwy, sad, probably (laughs) unexpected way of us getting there. But, I mean, we're going to get some really cool Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic matches. Well, some Keith Lee T-Bar matches out of it. And... If there's anything that we can take away of this that is positive, and trust me, there's very little, <laughs> we can take that knowing that we're going to get some more T-Bar and Keith Lee on Monday Night Raw on, on, on main events. So that's, My, well, that's okay, a good listen, thing. Everything else one, is terrible. <laughs> one thing about the, about the... Uh, the the Twitter thing, and I'm going to let Dan talk, but my only problem with the Twitter, because they have been so good on Twitter, it's almost redeemed everything, but my only hang-up is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like T-Bar and Mace have created new Twitter accounts ex- like explicitly for being these characters, yeah. right? And yet, Shane Thorne who was actually who was oddly the only member of of Retribution who I couldn't tell who it was standing in the ring yeah. is using his Shane Thorne Twitter account. He's out there <laughs> looking like some like art bar gimmick from WCW with his like silly mask on and 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 Oh no, he's Slapjack. He's, he's Slapjack. No, I know he's Slapjack. I'm just saying he's using his Shane Thorne Twitter account to be Slapjack. The rest of them seem to have new Twitter accounts, which was I think really smart too. But anyway, Dan, what was your take? Look, I'm going to try to be positive too. Uh, I think the way to save this is to have like the Deco- D- D- Dominic. I, I never say the name right. Dominic Dakovic. Uh, it all, he always sounds like the leader of like an Eastern Bloc country after communism yes. fell. <laughs> uh, but Hail I think you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm strong leader. Uh, I, dude, the only way to I think the way to save this is like have him bring up real stuff. Like be like. Be like, you still have me on an NXT developmental contract, not a main <laughs> roster contract, and well, none yeah. of us are getting house show bonuses because of the pandemic. <laughs> Something like that, you know. I would think that would be a great idea. That's what I think is so weird about the name. I mean, maybe if they, if, if after you know, within a month, they're like, okay, we'll go use our real names, and you can see our faces now. If they're if they're hiding their faces and identities because they're breaking the rules or violating their contract or something i guess that makes sense but i don't know how you're signing these dudes to contracts on knowing that it's really you know or like why not Dio have, madden under there yeah why not have uh drake maverick or like somebody that was was fired um you know lead the group like that for me would be retribution i don't know it would be, I, I think Meltzer touched on this, that like that, that it's a third rail to actually fire somebody actually, you know, specifically in, for a gimmick or in gimmick. But I don't even know why. I mean, why not fire? Why not fire these six people? Why not release them and then like let them reappear or something? I mean, that would at least like get some buzz going. Right. right. I mean, it's it, I don't know. It's it's a. It, the whole thing sort the whole thing sort of we're the whole really sort of confusing. Here, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I appreciate what you guys are trying to do. And listen, we're gonna get some good matches out of it, sure. If they can if as assuming they they can they can wrestle with all the well, junk on their face. I mean, me Yim couldn't keep it keep her mask on, which is not a comment on her, it's a comment on the fact that they clearly didn't do a dress rehearsal. Um yeah, I you know, look, what a, <laughs> you're right. It's it's weird talk. 
we we're talking about it and it sounds like we just saw the challenger explode but <laughs> like the one the one plus i'm going to give with wwe more than any other company is and sometimes this works against wwe but in this particular situation i said this on my podcast uh it's going to work in their favor wwe cut bit, cuts bait when something doesn't work so these rumors about retribution headlining survivor series like if in three weeks they're not getting over and we're going to know, I mean, most things we don't know if they're getting over in a pandemic, we're going to know with retribution. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not going to put them in a main event position. Uh, they're not going to like give them the Roman Reigns treatment where they're going to keep like, Oh, we just got to keep main headlining retribution. It's just not going to happen. You know? So I think that's the one plus is that, you know, we're not going to, if this continues to suck, we're not going to see it for much longer. <laughs> I, I think my my, whole, my real question is this. If the Twitter game is so good, and if somehow they get a little bit of that self-awareness into the and onto the screen, is it possible that they're going to get cheered on Sunday? Or what? <laughs> like the next time they come out? Like, has this, have we gotten to the point where the uh, cycle can, the, the, the screw can turn fast enough that they will that, be ironically popular the that, next time we see Zoom them? That Zoom crowd has less freedom than SeaWorld Dolphins. You know what I mean? So they're just going <laughs> to friggin' get, like, they're going to get, like, just, uh, you know, they're going to be told. It's a, it's a studio audience. They're going to be told what, what to do for I, I don't I don't think it'll be that far fetched for them to become an ironic favorite in a couple of months or a couple of weeks where they're just like this loony group of wannabe rebels or whatever. I mean, like and and this is just the dudes, okay? Like we haven't seen what they're gonna do with Mercedes Martinez and Mia Yim. Um, you know, I think maybe there's a possibility that they can salvage this on on the women's side. But mm-hmm. um it, it's like gosh, man, like <laughs> T-Bar and Slapjack like at, without revealing too many names or, or revealing too much I texted someone literally who I, who I used to work with literally as soon as I heard those names and I said my god what happened <laughs> <laughs> and it's I don't know how to really explain it like it's easy to poo poo on them right it's easy to to make the jokes and and take it too seriously but at the end of the day this is professional wrestling it's supposed it's inherently silly it's inherently like just supposed to be not as serious it is supposed to be entertaining so sure if it's not like if if we're really trying to poo-poo on WWE for not having an actual rebel Antifa-like faction or whatever. I mean, like, maybe there's maybe there's a point to yeah. them like, kind of decidingly going goofy so people don't you know, uh, people don't <laughs> correlate them with actual yeah. things going on in let's, the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's like, try to, we don't want WWE to handle Black Lives Matter. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's, know? let's absolutely, like, there's a small part of me that's like, you know what, like, when I first saw this, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're trying to rip from the headlines mm-hmm. and take stuff that is extremely sensitive right now yeah. and turn it into a storyline. And now the goofiness of it has given me a little glimmer of hope. Okay. I'm like, all right, you know what? Like it's, it's, 
I, I do not. I did not trust them to do any sort of nuanced storyline involving why people would riot about you know injustices within communities and within this country. I do not trust the WWE to be able to properly tell that story. So if Goofy's the way to go to salvage that and still get some really good matches out of it with some talented people like Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, I haven't seen a whole lot of Dio Madden or or Mace. But I mean, I I think Shane Thorne could go, and obviously, uh, that boy ain't right. T Bar is he's a stud. Like he can go. Like he's he's an excellent wrestler. Um, I'm cool with them being goofy. I'm cool with them leaning in on a joke. I'm cool with them calling people whores in, <laughs> in their first promo. You know what I mean? Like I'm totally cool with that as long as it doesn't lean back into oh my god, are they? Are they Antifa? Are they Black Lives Matter protesters? Are they this, that? I'm cool with that. Like, let's just let's just get silly. Let's get goofy. Let's make it funny. And like Dan said, if it sucks, we'll we'll throw it out and pretend it never happened by Royal Rumble. <laughs> Do you make it like like the Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the NWO, black and white and black and red? You oh, know, like was <laughs> the Black Lives Matter is the red and black, so they're the face group, and Antifa is the black and white, so the Oh God! Let's 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 hope it just away from that. Let's just hope it just we just we just moonwalk out of that combo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you. I mean, listen. I I hope you're right. I hope that this the goofiness is enough to propel me. Let's hope. No, listen. (laughs) I, I I just. It's like we were talking about the Road Warriors earlier. It's like, you know, when like a promoter would see the Road Warriors on like a VHS tape and they're like, let's just let's do that gimmick here. It's a, I mean, I know this is an obvious joke, but it's really like Vince McMahon saw the Shockmaster footage for the first time and was just like, yeah, that's let's do that. Let's, let's do get that. that pop. It's <laughs> just Dude, so let's, bad. Let's give WWE a shout out. They have been trying a lot of stuff different and some yeah. of it's worked out and some of it, you know, well, some I, of it hasn't. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't have been mad. I wouldn't have been mad about some like special video style for when they hit the ring or like to do the right. thing just to figure out a slightly, you know, kind of have the raw underground vibe for them or something. But like they didn't. It was just that's part of why it looks sort of like campy. And listen, I and, and I agree that they're going to that they have the, that they, they're probably going to pivot and it's going to be, you know, WWE does drop bad stuff. But I think that's listen, I think the upside, like the positive spin on this was that it was is that. Or a lot of people were theorizing that the gimmick was going to be like you were kind of alluding to, Dan. It was going to be like some NXT, like we're underappreciated. You guys, the call-ups never work, so we're taking this into our own hands, that sort of gimmick. But the truth of the matter is if they drop this gimmick, uh, then like some of our favorite wrestlers might get fired. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not like that they're so committed to Mercedes Martinez's career that like they need right. to, that they would keep her around. And, and she's no gone. spring chicken, you know. It's not like she's. Well, yeah, good. I mean, they she they were working with her in NXT. I mean, she had a gimmick. I mean, she had a storyline there like three minutes ago, but now she's gonna get pulled up into this, and who knows what's gonna happen. But anyway, and I will say that I'm just sorry. The last thing I want to say, like the climate. Look, the climate I think that's giving us retribution is also giving us this amazing Roman Reigns heel turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're they're making big choices. Some of them are working out awesome, you know, and others are a little slapjacky. <laughs> yeah, slap slap I mean slapjack is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean it's <laughs> that this is this is it's this is such a weird moment. Mm. You're right. I guess the best I guess they could just really easily just make this like Randy Orton's team or something and and you know, we'll pretend this whole intro never happened. Everybody loves game shows. Everybody has a podcast. I've got both. 
Hey everybody, I'm Kyle Brandt, and my new show, 10 Questions, is a game show talk show. Athletes, movie stars, everybody will come on, not just to talk, they come on this show to compete. 10 questions that whether they know it or not, are somehow inspired by a moment in their life or their career. 10 questions, 10 points, so much fun. Head over to Spotify and please subscribe to 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Anyway. I'm going to pretend this never happened for the next few minutes. Let's talk about Clash of Champions. It's this Sunday. Um, I think we're going to have a post show up on uh, this Twitter. I mean, on this this podcast feed. So check check in on a late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Um, we got we, we 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 have a pay per view coming up. It's actually there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Dan, you mentioned Roman Reigns. We'll circle around to that. You know, well that, that that'll be the big finish. Um, a lot of the other stuff that's going on. Um, well, there's there's some good stuff. There's just a lot of it. And, uh, and uh, well, I mean, let's just start tearing through it. Let me know what you guys think. The pre-show match, which they've already announced, uh, it's gotten a little bit of a, um, you know, every pre-show match, when they announce it's on the pre-show, gets the negative pushback or whatever. But Asuka versus Zelina Vega. Uh, Zelina Vega is doing a yeoman's work as sort of a placeholder uh, foil for Asuka right now. Um, I think it's, a, uh, to me, it's a safe bet that Asuka's going to retain. Uh, do you guys have anything, any other opinions on it? 
I mean, uh, I'm always the guy who comes here and says, well, we should we should have a title change every single week. But um, I don't know. I'm on the fence with this. Like, conventional wisdom says you, you have Asuka go over, and if you even do pull the trigger on Zelina eventually becoming women's champion one day, you don't give it to her in her first opportunity. I mean, like, you got to build up something to, to get towards, and, and if she's a heel, you got to build towards you know, uh, uh, some sort of underhanded tactics because we've built up Asuka so much in this past, I don't know, eight months. Um, they've done an incredible job rehabilitating her and and making her like a dominant, entertaining champion. I mean, uh, we've come on here several weeks and said she's been the MVP of the quarantine, you know, just because they've gotten to, we've gotten to really see her personality shine without, you know, 20,000 people chanting what after every single uh quote or whatever but um i do think zelina vega is somebody who can be a future world champion i do think that you know if you want to tell that story and you're trying to get there quickly um yeah yeah you kind of you kind of got to take your time with that i don't think that's something you rush i think zelina vega is like extremely talented she can talk she can carry a she can carry a stick she can work really well she's super she's not as big as the other girls like she's a little tiny but i mean she could definitely work um my thing is with her is if you're gonna invest the time in her to eventually carry your woman's division as its champion you don't just hot shot her on hot shot the title on her during Clash of Champions during like a three week sort of push. So um, I think Oscar retains here, but I don't think that's the end of the Zelina Vega Rowan's title chase. Saint Germain, I yeah, you know Zelina Vega is an interesting case because promo wise, she's so far ahead of most of the people in her division. But work weight rise, she's she's you know I think she's behind the curve, you know she's she's below par, uh or above par. I don't know how golf works, but <laughs> uh, she's uh you know she you know she's a little green in in ring. Uh, so I, I'm a little bummed that she's you know they're not like making more of her as a manager, just because I think that she could get a lot of people over that can't talk. Um, but I, I think you know Vince is a, a, apparently a huge fan of her and. I don't know, man. I, I, I something tells me she's gonna win. I know that that's that's crazy because you know. I mean, I don't think I think Yoshirai is the best worker in the company, but Asuka's a you know Asuka and Sasha are like you know tied mm-hmm. for second. Um, yeah, I just I think that they're gonna put the title on her. Right. I don't I don't know why. I just I have a feeling. Part of me hopes that you're right because I think that would be an interesting. I mean, at least we, we'd spend the the night wondering what's gonna happen next, and then you know we'd probably get the rematch the next time on Raw. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, Zelina Vega is is an interesting one. She's got some. She, I mean, she she's not you know, Yoshirai in the ring, but she's super game, and that can still go a long way. You know, I mean, her, her like she she can make she can really. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens on Sunday. I bet I, I I'm I think we're gonna be pleasantly surprised by what the match itself looks like. But um, but yeah, my pick's still for Asuka. All right, let's keep moving on. Um, Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the U.S. Championship. It, it's this is a weird one because one, I love both these guys. I'm excited to see this match, whatever. Uh, and you can't say that they haven't been doing a great job with these guys on TV. But uh, I kind of feel like we're like a month past these two guys being the feud that matters in either of their storylines, right? I mean, even when when the hurt when the hurt business isn't just like beating up retribution and getting great reactions from us and everybody else, it seems like the you know the the part that we really care about is like. 
Cedric versus Ricochet or something. You know, I mean, it's like there's there's th- this seems a little bit sidelined, but super. I'm 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 still excited. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm I feel like I'm always a month ahead or a month behind on making predictions for for this for this feud. But so I'm just going to say Apollo Cruz takes the title. I don't know that that's what I really think, but uh, whatever. What do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> um, nah, I feel like uh, I feel like. To your point, the Hurt Business has done some great stuff in the past two weeks and three weeks specifically, and that group needs a title, um, and it's not going to be the world title, you know, and um, they haven't really been in the tag team picture. I think them with their biggest dude and most experienced dude holding the gold elevates the title itself because, you know, the Hurt Business is, is a main event act now. Like, they're opening and closing the show every week. And, you know, um, love Apollo. think he's incredible. But I do think that the juice in that feud has been squeezed enough. And, you know, maybe they're starting to figure out, uh, you know, if they're, I feel like just in the back of my mind, if there's a, if they're going back to this match again, the only reason why is to tell one more story. And it's probably going to lead to, Either Apollo or Ricochet also joining the herb business. Like I feel like there's there's something there where you kind of get jumped in, and it, and they've already set the precedent that like we can beat the tar out of you for three or four months and still really like you and still want to do business with you. You know what I mean? So like totally, I do feel like outside of Cedric, I mean Cedric's only been in the herb business for a couple of weeks, and it's already done wonders for you know his stock and his suit game his yeah. suit games fire you know what i mean like he's <laughs> he's getting a lot of great tv time and on top of that we get to see some great cedric and ricochet matches as much as we can so i mean i do think bobby lashley retains and i do think the only reason why this match is continuing is because there's eventually i mean if you think about it apollo was the first guy he was the first cedric he was the first guy that they went to like hey man you need to start making some better decisions with your career and come join us you know so i mean maybe that's the maybe that's the end of the circle of life right there and either they just mash him and he goes away or he mashes him and and apollo comes to his senses and is like you know what yeah screw it hurt business let's go it is a sort of interesting conundrum when you think about joining the herd business, if if you if you defiantly refuse to join, when I know there's a lot of reasons behind it, but as wrestling fans were trained to say, well, the baby face uh, would never a baby face like Cruz would never join up with this heel faction unless he you know loses his morality. But if the faction turns face in the intervening period, is that point at that point does it just make it okay? Would Apollo Cruz be like, you know what? I thought you guys were bad. It turns out that you're good. Now I'm happy to join the group. Well, yeah, I think it's totally fine. I mean, like you look at Cedric. Cedric was their boy, and. Hey, full kayfabe, as soon as he joined the Hurt Business, he's on the main event. He's in the main event with Retribution. Like, and where are you, Apollo? Like, this this isn't this isn't slander. This is facts. Like, he kind of joined you guys, and now he's he's on the rise. He's got new music. He's got suits. He's getting paid to beat up Retribution, and he's in the main event and getting gift-worthy moments with Ricochet, who he's had tons of amazing matches with. So, yeah. I mean... What do you? What would you do? I mean, like it, it makes storyline sense, like you know, and maybe he reluctantly joins because he kind of sees where his career is going and he wants to, quote unquote, make more money and all that type of stuff. I still think there's, I still think there's a world 
where Apollo Crews joins the Hurt, the Hurt business in some way, shape, or form. Like, he's been the one getting his ass handed to him for the better part of four months. I think eventually he just says, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. All right, I'm all in on this. Dan, what's your, what's your pick? Bobby Lashley, it's a lock. It's locked in! It's locked in! Again! Mm. <laughs> oh, the first official lock of our lock sound effect uh, era has, has, has been made. I, Dan... Uh, yeah, deep. no, just keep the title on him forever. The Hurt Business is working as a stable. And, you know, the United States title, you know, it's it's always going to be the bridesmaid to the Intercontinental Championship. So why uh, why not make it more important and just keep it on Lashley for a year? I'm, I'm just happy that there's a big U.S. title feud that is not about who represents uh, the United States better than the other person. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, the Street Profits uh, are fighting Andrade and Angel Garza again. The amount of time they took to get back to this 10th iteration of the rematch uh, is sort of mind-boggling. I, at this point, I just think they must be waiting for somebody to step up to, to feud with the Street Profits. Uh, I'm still kind of confused as to why Cesaro was on the show for a minute. Uh, uh, by the way, Cesaro and Shinsuke are, doing, are taking on the Lucha House Party. As we know, we can take on both tag matches at the same time. I don't really have anything to say. I, I'm just gonna. I'll go with. I'll go with retain on both counts. I, I just. I don't even know what to do. Kaz. Uh, I think it retains. Uh, the Street Profits have been, uh, one of the more consistent acts in the WWE, and I think we're leaning towards an eventual um Andrade, and uh Angel Garza feud. Um, which is gonna kick ass, by the way. Like, I can't wait to see oh, those yeah. guys, you know, throw down. Um, but yeah, I think Street Profits retain. But that's not my lock, though. We're 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 getting there. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? Oh, wait, wait, uh, Kaz, what, what do you what do you think about the other tag match? Let's just knock these out together. Cesaro and Shinsuke versus the uh, Lucha House Party. I had I had even no idea that match was even happening <laughs> until you just told me just now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shinsuke Cesaro. Yeah, that's. I didn't even know the story back there, but I mean, gosh, if you, if you if if you're gonna build up Shinsuke and Cesaro to defeat the New Day, one of the greatest tag teams ever, and have them lose to the fucking Lucha House Party, which no disrespect to the Lucha House Party, like you got to make the wins mean something. Um, yeah, no, Shinsuke Cesaro, they retain. I I agree, Shinsuke Cesaro. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Angel and Andrade just because they lost at SummerSlam. And two high-profile losses, uh, I think they're too invested in Angel for that. Yeah, it does. It does feel like it, this does have a little bit of the air of like we didn't have time to run the gimmick that we or to run the the angle that we wanted to run the last any of the last thirty times these guys fought. So we're just going to keep rematching them until we can do a thing. And maybe the thing is Andrade and Angel get the belts and start. And then there's a thing where they break up because they're holding the. T- I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Who knows. Um, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, there's a women's tag team match too. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, the baddest tag team of all time, versus the Riot Squad. I like I like Shayna Baz. I like babyface Shayna Baszler. I do too. I've really been enjoying Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax together. Yeah. The Riot Squad. I mean, the the Riot Squad is. I mean, I, both of them are, are good wrestlers, and and I just can never quite get a feel for WWE's investment in them. It seems like sometimes you see them on TV, and they're like, oh yeah, WWE's like this is they're getting really serious about them. But it feels like absent that 
Jackson Baszler are going to retain. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, the WWE needed another da- dominant tag team since the unfortunate loss of the Iconics. And uh, <laughs> I think Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are going to hold those titles for a while. Um, they'll do the, they'll definitely do the tango, the will they, won't they tango about attacking themselves for the, the next like three months until probably Survivor Series. We'll see. We'll see. But they've been entertaining. Like they've had, they've had moments. I mean, like I can't say that they've knocked my socks off with like their program or whatever, but like they had, they've been, they've been more entertaining than they have any right being as a tag team, as like yeah. a, this weird odd couple. But, you know, I definitely didn't see babyface Shayna coming. Uh, I think all praises due to our truth and seeing those incredible raw. Like I haven't seen, I haven't sat and watched an episode of raw talk yet, but, Every time our truth and Shayna Baszler are talking about like, you know, food condiments and stuff like that. I'm just like, I really like this girl. She seems like she seems like somebody I'd, I'd want to have a beer with. Like she's yeah. she seems fun. So I think they're I think they're 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 just scratching the surface on that. I feel like and, you know, I could be wrong here, but like, you know, these these things that we really don't you know, put a lot of stock in, like the the talking smacks of the raw talk. It's like all this stuff is seen by everybody. And, oh, yeah. you know, when you see somebody who hasn't been on TV in months, usually it's because they have nothing for them. And they, they there's, a, there's a preconceived notion about who they are as a character. And call me crazy, I feel like those segments with R-Truth and Shayna Baszler on Raw Talk and Charlie Caruso have really, really helped her out and really started to expand the horizons. Like, oh, wow, she can do comedy. Oh, wow. Like, she can, she can, she's funny. Like, she has, like, really good comedic timing. Like, you know, like, and there's, they're going to find a way to try and infuse that into this, into this, you know, character while keeping the badass submission magician, you know, magic of of Shayna. So, um, yeah, I think they go over and I think there's there's we're, we're going to start to see a little bit more of that personality come out in her. Dan? Yeah, it's going to be Shayna and Nia Jax. I mean, if if they if this was maybe two pay-per-views from now and they build up the underdog story with Liv and Ruby and them, you know, uh mending fences, then I would say they have a shot, but you know, it's just it's just too soon to take the title off Shayna and Nia. All right. All right. Well, I, I think we all agree on that one. All right. Next up is, uh, let's see, where do we go from here? Oh, uh, Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. And this is Wikipedia is offending me right now. They have Jeff Hardy listed as the champion. We all know it's Sami Zayn. It's Sam, um, yeah, yeah. Someone should should write into the editors. I'm just, I mean, this is one of those that's just going to, could be incredible, right? I mean, it's like a dream match, but it's also like a present tense, just like work rate match. It's, I don't know. I'm, I don't care who wins. I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with this thing. I mean, honestly, I, you know, would pick AJ or, I mean, I would pick Sammy and, a, and AJ be my second choice, but I just want to see this match. What do you guys think? I think the match is going to kick ass. It's probably going to be the match of the night. Uh, we haven't really had a dope ladder match since I think WrestleMania with Jey Uso, yeah. Kofi Kingston, and um, gosh, was it John Morrison? Yeah, John Morrison. I feel like this match has the potential to 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 outdo that. I feel like the reason why we've seen Jeff Hardy kind of put it in cruise control the past couple of months is because this match was coming, and you feel like he wants to 
He's been talking a lot about legacy lately. Like, if you listen to anything like Jeff Hardy says and, you know, any of his interviews and stuff, and even the build-up to, like, his entire career, like, this kind of feels like his last yeah. run in in, mm-hmm. in the WWE. And you kind of give the the idea that he wants to go out with a bang and he wants to do something that people are going to remember him by again. Um and I feel like this is the perfect uh, opportunity for him to remind people like why we love Jeff Hardy and why he's been this like iconic wrestler for the past 20 plus years. We love Jeff Hardy because he does moves that make us wish he hadn't just done that. Move. Yeah, That's, that is that is sort of his thing. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong, man. Like Jeff Hardy is he's been the coolest like. I don't know who, what wrestler outside of like Randy Orton has had the longest rope of, ah, but it's Jeff Hardy. He's awesome. Like, let him do it. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm, you know, I feel like he's starting to, uh, he's been, he's been made aware of that. And I think he's got two incredible dance partners to do some incredible stuff with an AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Like, if you tell me this match was happening, like, 10 years ago, five years ago. It's like, what? El Generico, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy in the ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Sign me the fuck up right now. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? So, like, totally. it's, it's going to be awesome. Prayers to him because you know Jeff Hardy's going to do something nuts, and I just hope he's able to walk away from it. Uh, but I'll be watching. I absolutely will be watching. But if I had to take a pick, you notice Jeff Hardy never really wins these matches because of his risk-taking style. So if I had to pick, I'm going to go Sammy. I think Sammy takes his title back. I think that that uh, elongates the story and uh, puts us in prime position for a, a, a fun Sammy Zayn storytelling route that we didn't really get after WrestleMania because of the pandemic and everything that's gone on. Sort of like what we're seeing with Roman Reigns right now. But I think Sami Zayn will be will be the winner of this ladder match. Dan? Yeah, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn, too. I think that they need AJ Styles to either feud with The Fiend or Roman right now. You need to move him into another program. And I think that there's a lot of stuff that Sami can get out of Jeff Hardy that's not just the, hey, Jeff, you're a recovering addict angle that they've been using. Over and over again. Over yeah. and over again. I think that you can get, like... I think you can get a lot out of that guy. Uh, and I I mean, what I hope for this match is that it's uh, it's a pre-shoot. <laughs> That's what I really hope. And that they, uh, you know, have a lot of safe bumps like they had at the WrestleMania ladder match uh, where, you know, I hope there's a lot of crash pads used. That's my big hope for this <laughs> match. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, we got to roll on here. Next up is... Oh, we're almost done. We got our two. Cha- we got our two championship matches: Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. It's an ambulance match for the WWE Championship. I don't know. I'm so. I feel like I'm torn on all these, and maybe that's a good sign. Maybe that's a good thing for WWE storytelling. This feels like in any other moment, I would say this is a Randy Orton win, and I almost got talked into the Randy Orton win. I think last time, Kaz. I. I, I just feel like. I feel like they're going to leave the belt on Drew. I think if they've come this far, they're going to let him carry it through to when there's crowds, but I bet you're going to talk to me in the op- talk me into the opposite uh, direction. You're goddamn right I'm going to talk into the opposite direction because, Dave, I know I said something earlier today about seeing a bunch of dope Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic matches, but... It's locked in! It's locked in! Again! My lock of the week. Ooh! My lock of the pay-per-view. Randy Orton will walk out WWE champion due to retribution and a Keith Lee heel turn. Joining and leading retribution 
and becoming the guy who breaks Drew McIntyre's jaw, puts him in the hot in the ambulance, and leads him out. I you know you know that if you're right, mm. that everybody listening to this is going to think that your buddy who you were texting <laughs> during the Retribution <laughs> debut told you what was going to happen. No, 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 no. This is definitely this is much like when the Roman Reigns return. This is sheer. Like I said, if you watch enough WWE. They always tell you exactly what they're going to do if you pay close attention, right? Like two non-finished matches with Keith Lee and Randy, uh, Keith Lee and, and Drew McIntyre, right? To get into this match, okay? In addition to that, I feel like Keith Lee uh, has been an incredible voice and an incredible talker. I feel like there's a reason why they've been kind of toying with his sort of uh, push and sort of his look and his music and all that type of stuff. I feel like there's a world, and I could be dead-ass wrong, I feel like there's a world where, you know, Keith Lee joins Retribution or gives the, the 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 leeway or gives the alleyway to Retribution to not just attack Drew McIntyre, but cost him the world title. And maybe Keith Lee and Drew, two guys who both hate Randy Orton, but are, you know, they're 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 the less of two evils to Retribution's case, right? Like they believe that these two guys are uh, dangerous to society and blah, 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 and whatever the hell they've been spewing about, you know, the status quo in WWE. Like, there's nobody that gets more status quo than Randy Orton. And I feel like there's a world, and maybe I'm over the hell thinking this, but who cares? We're here anyway. If we're going to Survivor Series with Retribution, there's going to be some new guys in that crew. Every week, Every time Retribution has fought, more people have came in and joined them. So they're leaving the door open to let people know, like, hey, these aren't the only people down with Retribution, right? So who else would there be? Who else would be down for the cause? Who else would be masterminding this whole thing? I think there is a world where Keith Lee joins T-Bar and Slapjack and the rest of the guys leading them against a stable of Drew McIntyre and friends or the Hurt Business at Survivor Series. And I think I could be dead to hell wrong, but you know what? That's why we call it a lock, because I want people to tell me I'm dead to hell wrong if I am. But if I'm right, just like with Roman Reigns, if I'm right, I will look like a prophetic genius and mastermind. That is true. You will look that way. Dan, what do you think? Uh, I... (laughs) I think it's going to be Kevin Sullivan as the head of no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really do hope it's CM Punk just because I want the internet to explode in anger. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Orton again. I, look, Robert had an interesting observation on our podcast. If you listen to Total F and Mark Melting's comedy, really cheap plug. But I'm going to go with Orton. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a screwy finish, but I think it's going to be Orton. And, but I do think Keith, Keith Lee is the as the head of retribution makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, if that happens, man, I mean, I don't even know if that's what I would book, but I'm excited just by the balls, uh, by the by the guts. Sorry that that would take. So, Kaz, kudos to you. Um, last match of the night, and we got to get out of here. Jey Uso versus somebody named Roman Reigns. 
this is uh, for the WWE Championship. I'm, I mean, sorry, for the Universal Championship. And with apologies to you two valiant fellows who already used your locks, <laughs> uh, I'm going to just take the easy way out and make this <laughs> my official lock. It's locked in! It's locked in again! Roman Reigns, I mean, my, my, my lock is not that Roman Reigns is going to win or retain. My, my lock is that Roman Reigns is going to straight up murder his cousin, mm. uh, Jey Uso. Mm. And uh, this is going to be an incredible moment, an incredible moment. We already know that Roman's going to have new theme music. There's talk that he's going to have a new ring gear, including a potentially bared, bared chest. Those shirtless. Um, Ow! Sexy boy. Which yeah. is, uh, which uh, is Hashtag crazy. sign me up. <laughs> um, listen, uh, they're not, there's certain spots you don't waste on a loss. You certainly don't waste uh, Roman Reigns taking his shirt off uh, on a loss. So this is, he, he's going to win, and I just cannot wait to see that. I mean, they've been telling the story so well. I don't even want to make predictions about how it's going to go. I just want to say, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch either. Uh, I think we all see the 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 nuking of Jey Uso coming, but I think what's what the twist is going to be here is you know they keep calling him the tribal chief. They keep calling him the ruler, the reigns, mm-hmm. reigning defender. Anybody who's taking on that mantle of chief, leader, ruler, reigner, whatever, needs henchmen. You know what I mean and. In a weird Samoan brotherhood sort of, in a weird sort of way, I feel like Roman Reigns beats the tar out of Jey Uso and makes him his henchman, makes him do his dirty work. Like he, like I said, the WWE will always tell you exactly what they're going to do if they pay close attention. And one of the promos that they had with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso when they first started this feud was, you know, this is, this is going to be just like how it is where we all grew up. We always fought. I'm going to beat you up. And then we're going to be friends again. We're always going to be family. You know I love you, but I got this is what I have to do. I have to. Like, he has to maul you. Like, to set the ground rules. To, like, lay down the law. Like, listen, I will do this to my own flesh and blood. You don't think I will run through you? Like, and that dude is eventually going to be the guy who is, you know, and I guess when, when Jimmy comes back as well, like, I could totally see Jimmy and Jay being like to get the to to get to Roman, you got to get through me type of heel yeah, tag team. That would be fantastic. You know what I mean? And it's like you beat the sense out of somebody to do that because why do you have any loyalty outside of blood? It's like all right, yeah, we do what he says because not only is he family, not only is he the universal champion, not only are we in better positions because of it. Like I'm main eventing a pay per view. I'm having main evented a pay per view as a solo performer ever. Like it makes all the sense in the world to be like, okay, I beat the crap out of you because I love you. You're my, you're my, you might as well be my brother. You know what I'm saying? Now come stand by my side, or else I'll just nuke you again. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> and I could totally see that happening. I love every bit of that. If they get there on Sunday, I'm gonna be really impressed with that. With how much storytelling they do. Uh, but I, but I, but I love that. I love that idea. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna be like Jay Uso underdog win. No, we're up in the range. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, I really like the bloodline. I do wish, I do see them, you know, coming together down the road and creating some sort of Samoan death squad. Which team was that again? It was the Samoan, was that ECW? Was it WWE? I forget. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited and, you know, I, I, I can't wait to watch this match. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're all in the same boat there. This match is going to be awesome. This pay per view is, it has some potential. I mean, just like, man, if this and the, and the IC title match deliver, uh, a couple other ones along the way. I mean, this is going to be 
This is going to be interesting. And Retribution, you know, I mean, the cool, the interesting thing is that they're not feuding. You know, they don't have a match against, you know, whoever, against the Hurt Business on the card. So they'll probably be around doing something, whether it's ironically or seriously. We're going to keep hoping for the best. Like, you guys are hoping for the best with Retribution. Good attitudes, everybody. We got to get out of here. Uh, we all got lives to lead. We'll be back, I think, Sunday night. Um, so check on it. Uh, Dan, St. Germain, hit your plugs on the way out the door. Total effing marks on all things uh, comedy. You can you know, get it on iTunes or Sound or uh, the SoundCloud or Spotify. We also have a Patreon. We're going to be covering uh, Clash of the Champions. And I have a new uh, video out on Comedy Central with this amazing artist, Grant. Um, and it's, you can get it on YouTube. It's Tales from the Trip, this Comedy Central series. That's awesome. Kaz, you have anything to plug since we're doing plugs? Yeah, let's plug. Say less with Kaz and Lowkey each and every Monday and Thursday, uh, wherever you stream podcasts. And also subscribe to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Kazim. You can watch the full episodes there. We have great guests that come by. We talk music, sports, life with my best bud. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, appreciate you subscribing. appreciate you having me on, Dave. Thank you. Any time. Uh, and I appreciate you guys for being here and for everybody who's listening to the show. Apologies, as always, to Johnny Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 